Good morning, Fitzroy. And I mean Fitzroy as the community of faith in South Belfast. And now Fitzroy, this worldwide uh, community that meets during the week, hopefully most of us here on Sunday morning. But I know as I get responses from you at what times you're listening and watching. And for those of you, of course, in other parts of the world, I don't expect that to be at three in the morning your time. But we welcome you all who have stuck with us during these lockdown and now opening up times. And what I would like to do for our visitors is not only welcome you today, I want to thank many of you for the emails you've sent and for some of you for funding Fitzroy events and Fitzroy as a community. We thank you very much for that. But as we begin to think of coming out of the pandemic further down the road into the autumn, we are not wanting to lose that connection or that community that stretches from British Columbia to Australia. We would love to incorporate you all in. But those are new things and there's new ways that we've got to do that. So if you could tell us where you're coming from, where you're listening from, uh, if you could tell us how we might be able to be of help to you, as well as doing, obviously, our services, that would be really helpful for us as we try to work out going into autumn time how Fitzroy can not only be a physical church uh, on University Street in Belfast, but also a virtual church meeting the needs of many of you across the world. So if you come in and you visit with us, let us know. Go on the website, send us a message. That usually comes in to me fairly quickly, and it would be good to know where you're listening from and what we can do for you. Let me just, for Fitzroy folk, um, say that we're going to have a crabfish. This started, I think, maybe the first crabfish might have been before I became the minister. Um, up in Ballycastle, we go up and, as in the title, we try to catch a, a few crabs in the ponds around uh, the end of the beach in Ballycastle. We're going to do one of those on the 22nd of July, weather permitting. So on the 22nd of July, if you are if you have kids and you want to know what to do with them, then bring them up to Ballycastle, go to the far end of the beach, uh, over to the rocks and the bridge, and we will gather there around 12 o'clock and we'll we'll do various things on the beach, but mainly trying to go into those little rock pools and have some fun and if it's a very wet day then we're going to put it off maybe for a day so get in touch with Janice um, and we will be able to uh, let you know what those changes are going to be can I thank our worshippers down through all of these weeks and we have a, a new uh, worship team this morning leading us in music uh, they're not worshipping for us because we should be doing that ourselves but ladies in worship today are Ali McKeown and Adam Milligan I want to thank them for that and our last piece which is going to be our last hymn and also our benediction today is the Irish Blessing which was recorded and filmed uh, a couple of months ago uh, was a blessing for the entire island and I think somebody from every county in Ireland took part in that blessing many Fitzroy people so look out for them this morning as we close with that and then just to say that tonight at seven o'clock uh, light from rock music it's you uh, too um, and uh, don't let it go out I think is the the, the, the subtitle um, I'm excited about that because obviously they're my band that I've thought about and preached about most and so that goes live at seven o'clock and you can hear it then on Fitzroy TV and we'll be looking uh, in their music at spiritual development and how Isaiah 40 might give us a clue to how we develop spiritually with that weird way that Isaiah talks about flying first and running second and walking last. Could that 
have some secret to our spiritual formation and development. I think in the work of you two, we find that it does. You're going to have to listen later on. And then finally, we're going to have one greeting today. For some reason, inexplicably, we left it out of our Uganda greetings last week. The most important one of all, the one who calls me dad and the one who calls Janice mum. And he's not really young enough for, well, he probably is. But the first time he started calling us mum and dad, it was a little bit disconcerting. But now we uh, we love that and we are delighted uh, that our Ugandan son, Pastor David, uh, is the minister in Onialaku, where we should have been this last entire week. And this is his greeting that got caught out and missed out last week. And after his greeting, we will be still and worship God. Good morning. Good morning, Fitzroy. What a joy. This greeting is coming right from Arua, Uganda, Onieleko. And I want to thank God for the privilege to be in the service today. And I want to thank you. Uh, I remember today you were supposed to be in Uganda and then this following week flight to Arua. And so this is a timely greetings coming from Arua, Uganda. We love you and we thank you for all that God has done between us since this time. From the time we have been together in a partnership, God has made our partnership to grow. We are so grateful. Thank you for uh, being praying with us. We know in this season of coronavirus, we are unable to uh, be able to come here to be with us. But we know all things work together for the good of them who love the Lord. Another good news is, last year when the team came here in Onyeleko, Arua was a municipality. But as I talk now, Arua is a city inaugurated this week, and we are so grateful. Next time when the team is coming, you are coming to Arua City, not Arua Municipality anymore. We praise God, and we're always praying for you, and we thank you so much for your prayer support, for all other support you have been giving to us to make sure our children, our community, they're able to know Jesus and the blessing of God is able to go to them. We are so grateful. This greeting is from Odeleku. I want to welcome all of you this morning for the morning service. May the Lord bless you. As the Bible says, when they say to me, let me go in the house of the Lord. There's a song in Uganda we have. It says, I came running when they told me, let's go into the house of the Lord. I want to welcome all of you for this morning service. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye.
Matthew chapter 13 verses 1 to 9 and 18 to 23. At about the same time Jesus left the house and sat on the beach. In no time at all the crowd gathered along the shrine, forcing him to get into a boat, using the boat as a pupillet, and she addressed the people, telling stories, what do you what do you make of this? A farmer planted a seed as he scattered the seed over it, fell into the road and birds do, birds ate it. Some fell in the gravel and it sprouted quickly but it didn't it didn't put down roots so when the sun came out it just withered as quickly as some fell into the weeds as it came as it came up it was strangely strangled by the weeds some fell into good earth and produced others beyond his wild dreams are you listening to this really listening study this story of the farmer planting seed when anyone hears news of the kingdom and doesn't take it in it just remains on the surface and so the evil one comes along and plucks it right out of that person's heart. This is the seed the farmer scatters on the road. The seed cast in the gravel, this is the person who hears and instantly responds with enthusiasm. But there's no soil of character, and so when the emotions wear off and some difficulties arrive, there is nothing to show for it. The seed cast in the weeds is the person who hears the kingdom news, but weeds of worry and illusions about getting more and wanting everything under the sun strangle what was heard and nothing comes of it. The seed cast on good earth is the person who hears, takes in the news and then produces a harvest beyond his wildest dreams.
I have been fascinated by the opening to lockdown and where people have got incredibly excited by it. What they have wanted most during two or three months in their homes. I have never realised how much, and who am I to say, how much people love their hair or to get their nails done. Now, I kind of half understood Ikea because for two or three months they were all sitting in their houses and one of them was saying to the other, you know, we could do with fixing up this room. And so they had two or three months to think about it and then Ikea opened, so being cute, let's get down there, let's get the stuff, let's get to work. I can kind of half understand that. But then people queuing for all these other things or can't wait for a meal out as if sitting across the table from the same person in their own house with a good meal maybe delivered, just some of the things. we got to get to the sun. we got to get a holiday. Now, I'm needing a break and I'm looking forward to getting to the coast. But I've been fascinated by the clamour and rush to certain things. One of the other things I'm kind of thinking about and only starting to surmise, so this needs a bit of time, is the mental anguish that many of us talked about going through during the virus. As I've explained that for me, it was a mental rest. It was lockdown relief. I am going to struggle far more mentally with coming out of lockdown than, than when I was in it. But I'm aware, really aware of so many of us who had real mental issues during lockdown. And as a pastor, what I'm trying to work out is, why? What are the things that are going on in our world? What are the things that we have going on around us that causes us to have this mental challenge when we go into living in groups of two or three or family, can't get out to certain things, or maybe are isolated completely. I can understand the isolation completely much more. But what are the things? Because somebody blogged this week, and, and let me let me read this to you. Uh, and let's just compare and contrast. Some of us have felt um, almost a mental ooh, crushing during this pandemic. Well, let's imagine that we were born in 1900. My grandmother. Annie Mita Luke Ahuckle, as she used to call herself. Ahuckle wasn't her surname. It was where she was from. My granny was born in 1900. Let's think about her life compared to my 1961 birth, or maybe your 71, 81, or 91 birth. My granny, when she was 14, there was a world war, and it ended with 18 to 22 million people dead. She dealt with that during her mid to late teens. Soon after the war, there was a global pandemic, Spanish flu. It killed 50 million people. And my granny was only 20. When my granny was 29, she had to survive a global economic crisis that started with a collapse of the New York Stock Exchange, causing inflation, unemployment and famine. When my granny was 33, the Nazis came to power in Germany. When she was 39, World War II begins and ends when she's 45. Begins when she's 39, ends when she's 45, with 60 million dead. In the Holocaust, 6 million Jews perished. 
When she was 52, the Korean War began. When she was 64, the Vietnam War began. A child born in 1961 thinks that we have it hard. But my question is, what have we added to our lives in the last 50 years that my grandmother didn't have that maybe made her and her generation more resilient and more mentally strong to deal with things that are in no way comparable to the lockdown that we have just gone through. So those are the things I'm pondering. I'm pondering the clamour and rush to certain things and what it is in our makeup, our cultural, social makeup that causes the mental challenge. And as I've been doing that, I have been drawn to uh, the words of Matthew 6, where Jesus says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And I'm beginning to think, could it be that, uh, you know, the pandemic and the coming out of the pandemic could be used as a gauge for us to ask ourselves, a thermometer, if you like, to ask ourselves, how are we spiritual? What's our spiritual health? At this time. Now, let's go back to the Matthew 6 pas passage because Jesus talks uh, from Matthew 6, verses 19 uh, through to 24. He's talking about treasure. And he starts by saying, Don't store up for yourself treasure on earth. Store up for yourself treasure in heaven. The idea being that treasure on earth will disappear and treasure in heaven will last eternally. And then at the end, he says, You can't serve two masters. And in Jesus, Head at that point is the two masters are money and God. He says you cannot serve both God and money. Very powerful few verses for us to consider when we are the richest, most spoiled generation over here in the developed West in the history of the world. Some would say that the word of God is out of date. I would suggest that when Jesus is talking here about treasure and earth, that this is far more relevant and far more Indian than when he spoke it to a few disciples who were going, have we enough money to buy ourselves uh, some supper? These words are a real challenge to our generation. These words are prophetically cutting to our generation. And I'm asking, are they a spiritual thermometer on how we're doing in our following of Jesus? So let me consider those words in the light of today's lectionary reading that were read for us by the Fullertons earlier on. Let's consider if Jesus is sowing seed. Let's get ourselves into that story. Jesus is in a rural community. He's using rural, rural stories to attract and to uh, find traction among those who are listening. So he may even have been speaking to the crowds and he looked up and there was a farmer maybe up on a hill or a farmer out in the field and he was he was sowing seed and Jesus immediately took that image and used it as this idea of how he preaches how God's word goes out to us and so he gave us that image of the sower sowing seeds let's and, and Jesus meant the word of God being sown so let's just for today in the in the situation we're in in the in the context that we're in 
take the text of Matthew chapter 6 and throw it out a seed um, and follow the illustration that Jesus gives of the sower and the seed. Jesus is throwing out this seed to us saying, don't store up treasure on earth. What are we clamoring for? What do we need most after this lockdown? Don't store up for yourself treasure on earth. Store up treasure in heaven. Concentrate on the spiritual. Keep an eye on forever. You can't serve God and money. It's not possible. You can't follow the ways of God and follow and seek after money. And I've said in Fitzroy, I've said it to you as a congregation, and I say it about you to other people. I do not believe, as I pastorally work with you as a congregation, that you live for your money. But I have said before that it can be a distraction. And you don't have to be, it doesn't have to be your master to be a distraction for our spiritual eternal treasure. So let's see Jesus sowing that seed out among us at this particular point. And then let's see what he said about the seed. Some fell on hard ground, like the road. We're not listening. We're just, we don't believe that stuff. Now, what I want to add into play here, and this is me adding into play. It might be seen as eisegesis. Eisegesis is when you, you read into the word of God. It's, it's not there, but you read into it. And for a moment, I want to read into it. But maybe it's maybe not too contrived. I've been reading Elton John's memoir called Me. And he talks in that, it's a very honest memoir. And he talks in that memoir about the time that he goes to Alcoholics Anonymous. And his friends are not keen that he goes to Alcoholics Anonymous because they pray to a higher power. It's not necessarily Jesus. It's just a higher power. And all his friends are saying, you can't get involved in that. Oh, the road's hard for the seed to be to be falling. But you know why it's hard? Because his friends have all been so damaged by the things of God or the way the church has looked after them, or the way the church has judged them, that they've almost been pummeled down by people walking all over them. Now, when when Jesus says the seed falls on the hard ground, the road, and the birds come and they take it away, I'm wanting to ask an extra question in here. Have we been the cause of people being so hard that they're not listening to God's word? Do we need to repent? Do we need to ask forgiveness for how we have trampled their lives down to the point that the road's hard? I used to go to the British Open every year with my parents and halfway up every, uh, well, apart from the par threes, halfway up every hole, there was that uh, walkway for the crowds to walk across. And when you have 20,000 people walking across those for seven or eight days, then it gets really hard. And I wonder whether it's an illustration of how we have caused the hardening of people's hearts so that when the word of God falls, they don't want to know because, as we said a few weeks ago from uh, Charlie Mackesy, uh, the outward the outward packaging of Christianity has put people off even taking the seed in at all. But that's not what we're talking about today. We're talking about ourselves. Are we hardened? Do we think we know it all? There's no more for God's word to tell us. 
So we don't really have to investigate this too hard. And when you talk about thermometer, Steve, or a gauge to my spiritual development, I'm doing pretty okay. I pray every day. I read my Bible. I go to church. I'm watching online. I'm doing okay. I don't need anything more. That could be a bit of a hardening. Our spiritual arrogance could be such a hardening of heart that when Jesus sows something new from his word in their lives, that even those of us who've been on the road for a long time might not allow to penetrate in the fertile soil because we're stuck. We're stuck where we are and we're happy with the spirituality we've got. It's got us a place in heaven. We don't want to think about it too hard. We don't want to make many changes. We're doing okay. Might be a hard soil. Then Jesus talks about the soil that falls among the stones. And he, he describes this to his disciples as those who hear the word and they're excited by the word and they're enthusiastic about the word. And then they just do nothing about it. It's like they're all fizz and no pop. Or as I remember us telling the story, and you might know it very well, better than me, about all the ducks going into church and the duck preachers at the front. Maybe he was a quack preacher. Ho, ho, ho. And he preaches about, look at us. We've got wings. We are birds. We can fly. And I suggest today that we can fly on wings like eagles. I'll be talking about that tonight with you too, but not now. But we can fly on wings like eagles. And they all go, yes. Amen. Hallelujah. We could fly. We believe we can fly. And then they waddle home. Oh, they're enthusiastic about the word. But as soon as the benediction said, as soon as they go out in the cold air, then they don't think anything more about it. Oh, they're saying amen in church. The soil's shallow. Oh, enthusiasm. But no depth of character to allow the word of God to penetrate for a longer time. Is that where our seed is being sown today? I wouldn't suggest as much that for those of us certainly that I know who are watching because most of you have been on this road for 40 or 50 years. So it's not as if you're in it for the early enthusiasm. Uh, you've been sticking at it. And so therefore the third one might be more challenging for all of us because Jesus says the seed so is sown and then there's thorns that come up and choke it. And those, he says, uh, is the wealth and the worries of the world. Now, I would say that speaks into where many of us are in this pandemic and coming out of it. Because I know that for many of us, we've we've looked at the pandemic and we have thought seriously uh, about the good things. We've said the environment. Oh, my goodness, what a breather the environment has had. Um, I don't know where I said it before, but uh, we were walking up the river in Ballycastle and there was a heron in the middle of the river. And it was just standing there. Now, last summer, there was a heron in the middle of the river. But as soon as we appeared... It was off. But this heron seemed to look up at us and go, what on earth are you? I haven't seen many of you around because it's lost all its suspicion. It's become really calm because it's had a breather in this world where all the humans were inside and uh, nature and the environment is had a chance to to rethink again. We, we've thought about that. We thought, is it possible that when we come out of this, that we could just do something to keep the environment as well as it is? Or we've had more time with our families. Could we do that? Could we manage our time better and have that film every night with our family? Um, we've been thinking I'd like life to be less pressured than it was. Or maybe during lockdown was when you had kids and job. And we, we've thought about a lot of stuff that we, that we really want. Now, 
we've thought about that. And in some ways, that's been God sowing his wisdom into our lives, giving us these spiritual ponderings, surmises. The question is, do we go back to a hard, fast reflex now that it's over? Do we just go back to how it was? Oh, they were great thoughts and we would love to have them. We'd love to have had them grow and find some sort of traction in the soil. But actually all the worries of this world and having that second holiday and making sure that we can do this and we can have that and we can do this to the house and we can do that to the house and we can do this to this and that and that. And the worries, the wealth of the world comes in and chokes the potential that God has to change us. Where our treasure is, there our heart is. And if our treasure is the word of God, then that's where our heart will be. But if we have all these pressures from outside coming in, that we yield to the worry of them or we're tempted by the wealth of them, then it won't grow the way it should. The final soil, the fertile soil. And it would seem to me that we've got to do something about that. We've got to look at what we've learned in the pandemic We've got to hear God's word where your treasure is, your heart will be also. We've got to hear God saying, don't store up for yourself treasure on earth. We've got to hear God saying, you can't serve God and money. We've got to hear this. We've got to hear the word sown. And we have got to carefully tend the soil that it's landing in. Because a good farmer had that soil. I would imagine as Jesus watched the farmer going out, maybe he saw him on the edge of his field. But I can be sure that that farmer had been tilling the ground, maybe given space to the soil to give it a, a year off so that that seed or that soil would be fertile for the, the seed to be sown. He wasn't just sowing it randomly. Yes, some fell on the road. Yes, some fell on the thorns. Yes, some fell among the stones. But he knew that the stuff that would fall on the soil that he had worked up was going to be fertile. David Charlin, who greeted us last week from Arua. David, when he's in Arua, is trying to tell the local farmers how they can best get fertility out of the soil and have a harvest out of the soil every year. He's teaching them all the things they've got to do with water irrigation, with resting the soil, with digging it up and how they dig it up and what they put into it. He's trying his best to make sure that there's a harvest in Arua every year for those poor farmers. Are we doing the same with the soil of our hearts and souls, with the seed that God is sowing amongst us? Particularly at this time. Oh, I'm fascinated by what we're clambering after. I'm wondering, is this a gauge to how we're doing? But the bigger challenge is, if it is a gauge, and if the word of God comes to rebuke us and correct us, as it says in Timothy, then are we prepared to do something about the soil? Are we prepared when Jesus sows the seed of spiritual flourishing into our lives as he sows the seed of a 10-10 life in all its fullness into our lives are we just going to let it land and hard ground and not think about it are we going to be hardened in our own hearts are we going to be shallow and say well that's a great word Steve we've been listening to you the whole time through lockdown but we don't think about it very much by Monday or Tuesday are we going to let the opening of 
lockdown, this new opening, these new challenges and worries and wealth possibilities to choke the word of God? Or are we going to make sure that we allow the Holy Spirit to search the depths of our souls, to till it up so that it might germinate and so that actually lockdown and coming out of lockdown might be such a spiritual reset that we will benefit from this time rather than be negative at the end of this time. Where your treasure is, your heart will be also. Let's use that as a spiritual mantra as we open up and see where our natural inclinations go to. And then ask, where would God want us to clamour and rush after? What gift of grace is Jesus, my Redeemer? There is no more for heaven now to give. He is my joy, my righteousness and freedom. My steadfast love, my deep and boundless peace. To this I hold my Jesus, for 
he has said that he will bring me home and day by day For those who remember back far enough to when we gathered in Fitzroy, you will know that the offering was not always just about money. There's no plate going to be passed along today. And again, if you want to give, you can do that on the website. No, our offering was more important than money. It was that time in the service when we offered ourselves to God. And this morning in our prayers, as we begin to open up and the, the speed picks up after this pandemic lockdown, I want us to offer ourselves to God. Let us pray. God, we live in vulnerable times, fragile times. We have been broken by the coronavirus pandemic. We have grieved. We have been anxious about family. We have worried about our jobs. We have found confinement to our homes harrowing at times. We've been under pressure mentally. And Lord, the opening up is testing too. We are anxious about second spikes. We are wary of mixing in public. And we are almost angry at those who are not wary. We are fearful that a return of the virus will have more devastating economic effect than the first. We are concerned at the speed of the opening. Lord, we live in vulnerable times. But we are thankful, Lord, that the vulnerability has made us perhaps more open to you. We have prayed more. We have sought to trust you more. We have read your word much more in keeping to the text that it was written in. Lord, you have made us ponder our world. You have forced us to rethink our lives. You have given us an unexpected space to reflect on how we are living. Lord, you have scattered the word of your wisdom across our souls to teach us, rebuke us, correct us and train us in righteousness. So, Lord, this morning... We offer the soil of our souls to you. Lord, may our soil not be hard or shallow or choke the light. May the soil of our souls be fertile. So, Lord, we offer ourselves. By your spirit, Lord, search us in these opening up days that we might ask with total honesty what we rush and clamour for immediately. Where is our treasure? Because there you tell us is our heart. So Lord, we ask that you would collide and caress your word with these pandemic days. That the seed of your word would overcome the thorns of our world to germinate, to grow, to harvest in our lives. And therefore, in the lives of those around us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
The Lord met the light of his face, and the goodness of his heart to be bricked upon you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Niech się Pan błogosławi i strzeże. Paka se lumineze faca lui peste Jehoneka. Jehova, pirumukam nindemelu yarti, nenaka samad. Kosi fuini alafia.